Hey everyone, welcome to the first and fifteenth podcast. Um, thank you, you know, again for for tuning in. If you subscribe or if you're a new uh, listener, thank you for tuning in. My name is Joel Pulliam. I'm 29 years old. I'm a black man from the South, and I just want to give you know a perspective of a black man in America because we don't really have a lot of that right now. People who look like me, people who sound like me, the media. When you don't see yourself in media, you you know you want your voice heard. So that's kind of why I started this podcast. I wanted to uh, connect civics with politics with everyday events. I don't. I think sometimes people think politics is so far away from them when it it infiltrates every part of your life. Whether it's how much a gallon of milk costs, where you go to school, where you can work, all that is it, it, politics. So uh, basically, that's what I wanted to do with the this podcast. So again, thank you for listening, and if you haven't subscribed. I hope you subscribe right after this podcast. We're going to go ahead and start with the, uh, I hate to say elephant in the room, but what we've, our minds have been on. These past couple of weeks have been tough. Uh, you know, George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor, Maude Arbery. And uh, I'm not going to lie, it hit me rough because... It gives you that feeling. I remember when uh, I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be real with y'all. I remember when Trayvon Martin, when George Zimmerman was found not guilty. I've never felt that alone in my life. And I just remember staring at the window, and it wasn't. It was an anger, but it was a despair, which I think is even worse than anger. And and that's kind of what I felt when I saw the George Floyd video. It 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 just led. It's, it's if you're not black, it'd be hard for you to understand. It's like someone in your own family dying. Because that's how we think as a community. So, um, there are a few days where I just sat. I mean, I tweeted a lot. But you just sat and thinking, like, how is this happening? Like, you know how it's happening. But, like, I mean, can we do anything about it? And uh, what I started to do was, I was like, okay, I love my community. What can we do? What can we do to fight right now? Because uh, we got to make a change. This this can't. And and the thing I think I'm encouraged the most by, I'm gonna be honest, is is the march. When I went to a march, um, sorry to get off subject. When I went to a march, uh, it was Monday with my brother, and we walked through this white, predominantly white neighborhood. And I told him, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not for like symbolic changes. I want tangible t- changes. But to see the people who came out and supported us, you know, I told them I'm nearly 30 years old. And when I was a kid 20 years ago, 20 some odd years ago, I'd have never imagined that white people would have ever cared. And don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. I'm not giving America a pat on the back because I think it's an indictment that it took a man getting killed on video. Multiple black people getting killed on video for us to make a change. It was just very surreal to me. I was just like, this is this is a little twilight. Like, this is just weird. And, and it made me think, like, maybe this this could be different. This could be a different... This this won't be like four or five years ago where white America's attention was on us. And then when it was over, okay, we're going to go to something different. Maybe this can be something where we can make tangible changes. And so these are the moments where politics really, 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 really matter. And um, I know it's going to sound like I'm biased, but, like, I think about it like this. The presidential election, let's just start at the top, the very top. If you can't see the difference 
and Joe Biden and Donald Trump, then I don't know what I can do for you. You know, and I and I know in my last episode I really didn't get down to politics, but let's be honest. You know, Donald Trump is he is a stain on this nation. And I know for 400 years it hasn't really worked out. We haven't gotten where we wanted. But I think in order for this power we have right now, the tangible power we have now, for us to be able to to do something with it, we got to at least have somebody at the top who who can work with us. And then I think we also I'm being honest, he has a lot to owe to black people. And I think he'll 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 he's a man of integrity, at least to me when I've met him and worked for him, he's a man of integrity. Like his word, he'll keep it. And I know that he really uh, he'll work with our community. So to me, this presidential election, the stakes are even higher. And so uh, that's that's one issue. I think also this is crazy. Uh, we've heard about defunding the police. Uh, let me just tell people when we talk about defunding the police, I think a lot of people will be intellectually lazy with it. Like you see Trump already. We're not going to defund. Like we're not like. When we talk about defunding the police, we're talking about just wholesale changes of how we do uh, community policing. or Like, why, why do we have police going out for eviction notices or bad checks? Or, like, you don't need police for that. And so we're talking about a wholesale change to the actual police departments, to, to the whole concept of policing. Let's be honest, the history of policing in this country... Is awful, so it needs to be rebuilt from the bottom up. Whatever we're gonna do with it, I mean, think about it. Policing started in the 1830s, the early you know 19th century, and what were they doing? Slave patrols, literally to gather up slaves that were on the run. And so when it starts out like that, anything with a bad foundation, you cannot expect Black Americans, especially, to really trust in it. Well, I mean, what has what has been done to make us trust in it? It's been nothing but murder and crime for a good 250 years since then, over 250 years. So there is a, there needs to be a systematic change. How come we spend so much on, on policing but not on education, you know, not on mental health, not on things that prevent people from going to prison? I think that's rooted in the biggest stain on, on our nation, which is its racism which is slavery, which is taking of land. Anything rooted in that needs to be uprooted and, and, and redone. Like, policing in itself is just fundamentally, it is, I, I wrote this on Twitter, I was like, no occupation is inherently good. As we can see, you know, the president, and, and when you think about it, like, oh, he or she should be, you know, the most integral person, Donald Trump has, has totally thrown that out the window. I mean, along with Andrew Johnson and Andrew Jackson, but I'm in plenty of others, but I'm saying like, no occupation is just inherently good. Oh, because they're police officers. They're good. Oh, because it's policing. They're good. There's nothing that there's so many bad apples. There's a bad orchard. It's a, it's a bad tree, bad seeds. When your seeds are wrong, this is the harvest you get. When it's planted wrong, this is the harvest you get. I think Trevor Noah said there is supposed to be there is supposed to be a, a social co- contract between the citizens and the police, the citizens and those in power. And my thing is when the social contract they broke that a long time ago. 
they I mean it was never it was never for us so you can't expect people to abide by it and to love it and so I would say to those people who don't understand where we're coming from well you're just gonna have to get used to it because I think things are gonna change I feel like this is a new day if we take advantage of the power we have this is a new day I mean, look at Minneapolis yesterday. Again, like I said, the, the city council is voting to defund the police, to, to, to disband it. Who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought a year ago, five, year, five years ago? I mean, whenever, a month ago, a week ago. No one would have ever even thought that. So it goes to show when you put that pressure to people, when you use protest along with your voting, your political power, you can make things change. Because here's the thing. If you had not voted those city council members on and had the wrong people had gotten into power, who knows if they would have buckled to the pressure. So now you have the right people who can make change and you put their feet to the fire and you, you pressure them. Now look, concrete change is happening. So and even, I mean, it's everywhere. I know in the city of Charlotte, uh, they're actually voting today on, uh, I think it's to put, uh, whether to fund having like ki- chemical agents in next year's budget. Um, let me tell you something. I was protesting in Charlotte, and, and I'm segue for a little bit. I was protesting in Charlotte, and uh, it was Tuesday, and we were trapped, and they tear gassed us, y'all. And and, and it, when I tell you it should be banned, it is a pain. It if somebody compared it to like spraying bleach. Like, it felt like someone poured bleach in my eyes, but the worst part was you couldn't take a breath. Like, y'all remember the cinnamon challenge, right? Like, it's that times like 100. I'm not even, I try not to be dramatic with stuff, but it was painful. And I, and I went out, got home, I was like, yo, no one should, should use this on their own people. Th- this is, there's a reason why it's outlawed in actual warfare. And so when you look at the whole scope of things, when the police, they become too powerful and militarized, and it is always, and, and the, the policing in this country, it was started on racism to hurt black bodies. So when you combine the power and the heart's not right and the foundation's not right, this is what you get. And I know a lot of people are surprised, but I think every black person I know can tell you about bad experiences with the police. So... This is nothing new for us, but maybe this could be the start of a of a new tradition, a new a new era. This fall will be literally for all the marbles, for all the progress we can make. I, I just ask people, please, this, if we just try, all I ask is try this one time for everybody to vote, and then we can really hold people's feet to the fire, and they can bend to what we want. We can mold democracy with with our feet. We can mold it with our ballots. There's, like, when you fight a war, do you just send in the Navy? Do you just send it? No. You, we use every facet in order to win. And that's all I'm asking. I, I'm with the protesting. I was there. Protesting multiple days. And I loved it. And I love that they heard our voices because we were going to come back there until they did. But alongside that, we need to register people to vote. We need people to vote. We need boycotting. All that. Combine them and then you got real power. One by itself is is cool, but everything combined, when we use everything that we have, kind of like Captain Planet, you're, you know, well, I'm dating myself. Uh, Powers combined, this is what you get.
you can make concrete change. What I saw in Minneapolis was crazy, but it shows it can happen. So if you're upset with the system, vote not just for the president, not just for the statewide like governor, senator, not even just for your congressman. Vote for your DA. Vote for your sheriff. Vote in the primaries for those things so you're not stuck with a choice that you don't like. Vote uh, for your attorney general. All those things are going to be on the ballot. Vote and study every single... What I'll do is that later on as we get closer to the election, I'll give a link to somewhere... I forgot the name of the website to where you can look up who's on your ballot and, and everybody needs to study and we'll get into more detail about each of the things on the ballot initiatives, uh, things like, like that, you know, who are you voting for as we get closer to the election. Maybe we can break it down state by state if we have time, but um, really study, study who, who's representing you. Your vote is your voice. Your vote is your voice and that's all I can say. You know, this is the, you can change your future in November. And in South Carolina, and I believe, I mean, multiple other states, the primary is June 9th. So tomorrow when I'm recording this. So please get out there and vote. No excuse. Get out and vote. I also want to tell my listeners about um, this new legislation that was uh, introduced by the CBC today, uh, Monday, June 8th. It's called the Justice and Policing Act, and um, basically it's going to reform qualified immunity. It's going to create a national police misconduct registry. Um, what you would have before is that police officers that would, you know, have infractions or complaints against them, they would be able to go to different jurisdictions, you know, and the, their community wouldn't know about it. So you would have somebody with 50 complaints working in another jurisdiction, and no, we can't have that. Uh, it also has, you know, banning police chokeholds, choke stopping military-grade equipment to state and law, state and local law enforcement. Um, it requires federal uniformed police officers to wear body cameras. And here's the crazy one. It is actually anti-lynching legislation. And I can't believe we have not, I'm looking at you, Rand Paul, have not passed that yet. I, I, I don't get it. And I know this doesn't go as far as we want. Seriously, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. It doesn't go as far as we want. But it's progress, so I need you to call up your senators, call up your congressmen, call up your congresswomen, and tell them we need to pass the Justice and Policing Act. I wanted to spend these last few minutes, you know, I don't want to say venting, but this is therapeutic to me. Because for a lot of black people, and I'm just speaking in perspective of a black man, um, you kind of just have to just hold it all in to get through life. So a lot of times... The experiences we have, we share amongst our family and our friends. But society, when, when I would go on like social media or I would tell my white friends, like, hey, this is what happened. They're like, what? And I'm like, you don't know the half of it. And so this is kind of therapeutic to me. Um, I saw the George Floyd video. I think it was the day before. I think it was the day that I recorded the pilot. And... Uh, it's just a, 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 like I said before, it was like the Trayvon Martin. It was disheartening. Um, it, it, it's tough, and, and this week has been exhausting. These last two weeks have just mentally, it's it's four hundred years of. Imagine society keeps their knee on your neck, you know, figuratively. Four hundred years, 
You know, I grew up in a world, I talk about this all the time, before Obama was elected, I'm old enough to remember when that wasn't even, that wasn't feasible. That wasn't even imaginable for me. Like the best you could hope for, oh, you're a doctor or you're, you know, you could be Martin Luther King. You know, but but president, I, I, I remember growing up in a world where no matter how hard I had tried, uh, you're always going to be second best to people. I could have better grade average than you. I can, you know, straight A's and still would never be enough. Still would never be in. And so it's just a constant. Pr- I can remember. This is just a story. You know, I worked in the Biden campaign. I remember one time I got pulled over. It was at a. Uh, it was at a um, a mall, like an like an outlet mall type of thing. And right before I was about to turn into the parking lot, the police officer he stopped me, and you know you get whenever a police officer or anybody a police when they come behind you with the lights on. Or even with the lights off, when you see them, there is an instant fear that that grips you. And so I remember just the embarrassment of being pulled over and him being like, you know, oh, you know, what are you doing out here? First of all, bro, it's a Friday night. So, I mean, what do you think I'm doing out here? Like, there's hundreds of other people out here. I mean, probably thousands of other people out here. And so, you know, when I told him that I worked for the Biden campaign, I remember a look of disbelief on his face. Like, man, like, really? Like, he couldn't believe that I did that. And it showed me again. I mean, I already knew. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who you work for. Like, to them, you're still black. And what stood out to me, I remember this, is that when I pulled around, I remember all the people staring at me. And the thing was that, well, I'll finish that at the end. When, it, when I pulled around, he followed me all the way through, that complex, all the way to the back parking lot. Obviously, he did not believe what I was there for. And to, for him to have followed me all the way around there, like I was going to steal or something, I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to buy something and go home. It was like 8.30, man. I'm trying to go home. And what I remember is that a brother, he, you know, he came out of his car and he parked right next to me. He's, or it was maybe a few slots next to me. And he was like, hey, man, you know, we just wanted, we were all filming because, you know, we got to film now because we don't know what could happen. And I remember thinking, you know what, man, I can't blame him. I would do the same thing for another black person. Film, you always, when you see that, you're always like pulling behind like, oh man, okay, I hope, I pray God that they, they're covered. Oh, let me pull out my phone. Because as you can see, America is not equal. We all haven't lived the same experience. And so it was just another example of many of why so many black people have a distrust for cops. It doesn't matter what position you have. I could have told them, I could have told him I was the vice president. It wouldn't have mattered to him. And so when you have those experiences, they pile up over time to make you not believe in a system. I'm just being honest with you. So when I hear people, oh, you know, what about the looting and the violence and the businesses? And I'm thinking to myself, that is America's problem. Capital has always mattered more than black bodies. It's the reason they brought us from Africa over here. It's the reason why they made us work for free for 250 years. You know what I mean? It's the reason why white flight, why they move out when we come in and leave us with nothing. It is the reason why our school districts don't get funded like others. This is not just one incident. This is 400 years of systematic oppression that we are tired of. 
And I just think to myself, some of those same businesses, people have followed me inside and profiled me and harassed me just because I'm black. But then you want me to turn around with those same businesses and be like, oh, no, 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 please stop protesting. Please stop. Let's talk about, you know, I think somebody, uh, they wrote uh, Buildings Matter too. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. That is America's problem. We have to start. Lives have to matter more than anything else. Lives. All my Christians out there, the so-called ones, lives have to matter. Black lives have to matter to everybody. King said that basically America has given us a bad check. We were promised freedom from the outset. At least that's what the framers of the Constitution wrote. But it was not given to us and it still has not been given to us. So you can miss me with all of that. You can miss me with the old follow the social contract. No, until you uphold your end of the social contract, you cannot expect us to do it. And that's why I believe in taking matters into your own hands. You protest, you vote, you boycott to make the change that you want. Because they're never going to give it to you. Freedom will never be given to you. You have to take it. Um, I, I wanted to end this episode, you know, like last time with a quote. Uh, one of my favorite authors, Ta-Nehisi Coates, love him. Uh, he wrote a book called Between the World and Me. And uh, one of my favorite quotes was, uh, he said, You may have heard the talk of diversity, sensitivity, training, and body cameras. These are all fine and applicable, but they understate the task and allow the citizens of this country to pretend that there is real distance between their own attitudes and those of the ones appointed to protect them. The truth is, is that the police reflect America and all of its will and fear. And whatever we might make of this country's criminal justice policy, it cannot be said that it was imposed by a repressive minority. What he's basically trying to say is, for a lot of people, especially white Americans, they're appalled by how the police are acting now. But America must take an inward look at itself and see that the policing is only a reflection of its citizens, of the majority, especially of white people who believe, who have those prejudices. So until you have those hard conversations with your friends and family, this is only going to keep happening because those people will keep getting hired. So this is not just macro issues. This is micro issues. All these work in conjunction with one another in order to to create the systems that oppress people. I also want to shout out community activists with these podcasts, and I wanted to shout out a black woman today because they're on, they're at the forefront of this. You know, they're they're fighting on the front lines for all of us. And somebody who I wanted to shout out was Brittany Packnick Cunningham. Um, she's from St. Louis. I first heard of her work with Ferguson. I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan for years now. Um, she has her own podcast, Pod Save the People. She has, you know, social media. Please follow her because she's one of those movers and shakers. She's somebody who's actually putting out platforms, actual plans, actual tangible policies as a community that we want. So give her a follow. And I pray maybe she's hearing this and she could be a guest on the show one day. That would be an honor. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening, maybe you can come on the 1st and 15th. So... An ending, um, it's, it feels like despair, I know. 
especially for black people in these past few weeks. But I'm still going to maintain that hope. Again, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I can't see it. There's no evidence that this is going to work this time. Because we've been at these points where we thought we had made a change, but we didn't because our allies didn't follow through. But I, I believe this can be the time we make the change. We have our foot in the door now. They're listening to us. So in order for us to get what we want, we have to do it all. Protest, vote, boycott. Use every avenue you have in order to make the change. But I believe we can do it this time. This is the generation to do it. This is the generation to create change. This is a moment where you can stand up. You can tell your grandkids. I'm, I want to tell my kids and my grandkids, hey, <laughs> me and my generation, young people, America during that time, us fighting is what created the world you live in now. That's what I want. So um, until next time, I'll see you guys. Oh, I also want to say um, on, on my social media, uh, my Twitter, at Joel underscore Pulliam. Um, I got a Facebook, Joel Pulliam. But on my Twitter, I'm going to have a list of uh, black businesses to give to during this time. Because again, we have to support uh, not just when it comes to policing, but economics. Uh, all those things. I'm going to have links up. going to have a list of businesses you can give to. And a list of businesses you need to boycott that are given to Trump. And that are helping support white supremacy in our police departments. So um, thank you again for listening to the 1st and 15th podcast. I, I really do appreciate it. And I hope that you'll hit that subscribe button right when this is finished. And uh, remember that uh, democracy is for you to mold. That will usually be my tagline at the end. But today we're going to end it with say her name. Thank you and have a great day.